0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you an appreciation piece of the show, uh, usually a guest of some kind. Uh, ten Phyllis Fletcher, brings us a lot of stuff. She will be on next week to bring us her favorite clip from September. But this is Monday, so we're all about the business of recapping the previous week's show. Uh, I am here in the uh, Terminic Studios in Kyle, Texas. My name is Mike Frizzell, Uh and I don't do this all by myself, so joining me from way up I-35 in Stick of Butter Studios is uh, New Brighton's Pride, Anne Lundholm, on her last week of work. Hello, Anne.
1: Well, my last week of second work. <laughs> I'm not yeah, just last week. retiring to live in the left <laughs> of luxury.
0: It's going to feel that way, isn't it, though? When your weekends Uh, are completely your own.
1: I know. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself.
0: Bake more. Yeah. Maybe Uh, a little more for the show.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. I know I've been slacking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We'll start a third show every week. (laughs) Uh, But that other voice you hear is the hostess extraordinaire from Dallas, just up by 35 from me where I was, Uh, it seems like last night, but it was two nights ago. Um, Meredith, how are you doing, Meredith? (laughs) I'm good. How are you, Mike? I'm still recovering. Uh, yeah, I I had a rough
2: person. (laughs) I had a rough day yesterday. I got to (laughs) say, yeah,
0: we got, we, I think we got up the earliest, but it was not early. Uh, No, it's not early. So we'll talk about the, uh, Dallas meet up in a second, but just to set the table, um, that's going to be part of our LRB business. Of course, we're going to review the week. We have some housekeeping, and we'll tell you how to get involved with the show and maybe get on one of the Friday shows. Uh, the the Dallas meetup—I've actually had never had a, a nicer drive to and from Dallas than I had on Friday and Saturday. It was uh, it was more or less a pleasure, so that set the table for what was a really enjoyable evening. Meredith, tell take people what through through what what happened on on. It was Friday night.
2: It was Friday night, yeah, and Bobby had. Uh, was ending his week in Texas. He was flying out of DFW on Saturday, so he came Friday afternoon, and uh, Duff and I were setting up and getting everything ready, and and Bobby brought us some wonderful gifts. He stopped at the uh, Czech stop. So for those unfamiliar, there's a lot of Czech people in, in, I don't know, southern mid-Texas, right, Mike?
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of Czechoslovakians were trekking across the United States, and were probably just running out of stuff, you know, and just getting generally tired when they got to this part of Texas, because there's really no other reason that they would have stopped here.
2: <laughs> yeah. So they just gave up and they settled <laughs> near Austin. And, uh, and it seems like Bobby took a, a tour of various rest stops and. Uh, roadside uh, attractions. So mm-hmm. he stopped at the check stop and he brought us a package of hot Chubby's sausage <laughs> to mm-hmm. grill. Those were great. And uh, he went to Bucky's famous Bucky's and uh, he brought me these delicious corn puffs. They're like maple flavored. And um, I have I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but I have a locked snack drawer in my mm-hmm. house, a cabinet that I keep a padlock on.
0: Yeah. Because my, my I, husband I will. It's, it's very high up, too. You would think that that your husband was like, you wouldn't need a padlock if he was only three feet tall. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> and this is to protect him from himself. It's not a punitive yeah. measure. It's just that if he has access to snacks, he'll eat them all in mm-hmm. one night. So I have a little more self control. So I keep them up there. So I immediately threw those corn puffs up there. And I've been slowly uh, <laughs> stacking on them throughout uh, yesterday and today. Those were awesome. So, um, People started showing up about 7.30. Um, we ended up with, of course, you, Mike, Bobby, and me, and Duff. Eddie from Houston drove all the way up here. Um, famous historian Ashley lives in Dallas, so it wasn't too much of a drive for her. Dr. Rob and his wife live a couple miles south of me. it in- was very nice. Yeah, she was awesome. And Ingrid and her husband, who I've met before, they also came. So mm-hmm. that was our crew, and um, everybody got to meet Eddie and Stephen Eddie was just in hog heaven, he was having a blast
0: <laughs> Yeah, he was so tired the next day
2: He was so tired um, And then, of course, Molly, Mike and Molly just uh, bonded again and, and you spent, what, half the night just petting her?
0: Yeah, we we have the, the same energy, Molly and I We're sort of done <laughs> with life Yeah, so, she's had it <laughs> <laughs> She's had it, I've had it I'll just sit next to Molly and pet her until she turns over And her eyes roll in the back of her head Yep <laughs>
2: Yep. And Duff was grilling all night. He was the grill sergeant and uh, he was a little bit frustrated. He was having some temperature problems for the grill. So he some ribs came out and we had those and we had some salad. And then like, I don't know, an hour later, the steaks came out. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of just eating slowly all night long. Um, He was pretty frustrated for a while, but we got there. The steaks
0: were good. Well, let me tell a story that will lead to um, the group picture. Uh, Duff made... He determined that uh, Bobby and I were the quote-unquote guests of honor, so he made us both these massive steaks, okay? And I think Duff found out somewhere between the time that he purchased the steak and started aging it and the time that he was going to serve it to me that I eat like a bird these days. So he was getting pretty excited because he knew he was going to get to eat the rest <laughs> of my steak, <laughs> meaning probably most of my steak. So uh, the, your table seat's eight. And there were 10 of us, including you and Duff. And, mm-hmm. and so the eight guests, we had all like determined that you guys couldn't sit down. So we were all at the table and, <laughs> and Meredith, you were doing all your hosty things and Duff was just finishing up grilling. And I'm, I'm eating my steak and I've already finished my sides and then my steak was served and, and then I'm eating my steak and I eat as much of my steak as I can. And, and I've been sitting up for a while without my foot up for quite a long time at that point, And I was, it was really starting to hurt. And Meredith, you kind of noticed that I was hurting and you said, oh, well, let's get your foot up. And you like set me up over in the living room by the TV where there was some football on. And so I I cleared my side's dishes and I left my steak there because I knew Duff was going to hit that. And I left that spot for Duff to sit down. And then I went and, and sat and watched some football for maybe a half an hour until I can't remember if it was Ingrid or Eddie, but somebody came over. Uh, and was talking to me and they said, oh, we should get a group photo and called everyone over from the dining room to gather around me. So what looks like me <laughs> manspreading in the picture, you know, like everyone was sitting around and I decided when the picture came out, I was going to like put my feet up and <laughs> just put my beer on my belly and uh, just arms all over the couch. That was that was my native stance. That was where what I was doing when everyone descended and the picture was taken. So I think it's sort of misleading, and I'm sorry if anybody has enough special lighting to see my yam bag in that picture because <laughs> I'm wearing some I, d- shorts. Stop!
2: Stop trying to mansplain your manspreading, Mike. <laughs> we all know what was going on. You're very it's proud. It's all about King Mike. And poor Ashley's just curled up on the
0: corner of the footstool. Yeah. Barely yeah, any room. I, I, there's no room for anybody else because it's all about me. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeremy uh, was the main critic of of me and the picture. No, there was no man spreading. It was just me taking care of my foot, which everybody is nagging me to do, and then everyone jumped in for a picture. So. Well, you didn't offend me. <laughs> Some people seemed a little put off by my pose.
2: <laughs> so it was a great time. We ended up staying up pretty late, drinking a lot. And, uh, but it was a great time. I'm really, really happy that everybody came.
0: Yeah, and uh, so in the morning, we we all rolled out a little bit late and a little bit slowly. But we, we got revved up, and finally, uh, everyone went home. I had a pleasant drive down uh, 281, and Bobby had a pleasant flight, I think, back to his home. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a great visit from Bobby. I got to spend a lot of time with him. It was a lot of fun. Um uh well I, I got to talk a little bit more about Bobby when we get into the jam tracker. So <laughs> mm. uh, we have some donors. We do. Yes. Uh the donors this week are Eddie. I I don't know, maybe she got home from the party and just decided it was worth it to <laughs> get us out of a couple jams cuz she She saw felt her.
2: like maybe they aren't criminals after all.
0: <laughs> well, I think she might have figured uh these people are likely to get in some jams once she met us. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So so she's going to get us out of a couple jams. And also, Elizabeth Schiavetta from Wiesbaden, Germany, who we've had on the show before and is a delightful person, made a donation this week. Uh, Thanks very much to them. So where does that put us on the jam Jam Tracker? Well, the
1: Jam Tracker puts us to 30 jams. Wow. or five per person, but I'd like everybody to take into account that I haven't entered any jam debits yet. I mean, I assume mm-hmm. Mike and Bobby will be turning in their jam expense reports,
0: There's... and then I'll have to make some deductions. <laughs> There's one that I'm going to let Bobby talk about when, when he gets back on here, but he almost got into a little bit of a jam down at his vacation resort with a, a lady who was just oh, there yeah, there. <laughs> a little bit forward with him. So, and, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a jet. Maybe we will have to help him out with that cause, uh, Maybe uh, his wife may, may need some jewelry or something to <laughs> make up for Bobby's peccadillos. All right. Uh, I guess we're doing the week in review now. Who's got Monday?
2: I do. Monday 822 is mega booyahs. Um, we start talking about how Rudy and Olive are fighting over the remnants of food, not even food. Yeah. There is an empty string cheese wrapper on the floor and Rudy was just trying to get any little molecule of food out of that thing. And um and this leads Luke to to wonder if Rudy, his hot water bottle shaped dog, <laughs> is constantly starving and if she's just thinking all the time how miserable and unhappy she is because she's hungry, which I don't think is probably
0: true, right?
1: I think she's like me, she just likes food. Yeah, can
0: well, you blame her? I have two of those obsessed food obsessed dogs. I used to we used to have two dogs that didn't care. Now I have two food obsessed dogs and if you let them they will eat themselves to death. Yeah. So it's your responsibility to, you know, make sure that they don't get into the kibble or whatever cuz uh yeah, they'll eat themselves almost sick and and what happened once here is they got they got into the kibble and They ate themselves to the point where you could see they were distended. Their bellies were distended. Yet the little one, the dachshund, when it came time to dinner, like seven, eight o'clock, she was, she wanted dinner. And I was like, no, I don't think we're doing dinner tonight. I'm sorry, but she still, you know, that's just how their brains are wired.
2: Yeah, they know at a certain time of day it seems they'll they'll start to get antsy. It's like this is my dinner time, so you better give me dinner even <laughs> right. though I ate five dinners an right. hour ago. Right. Yeah, Eddie Eddie will do this with with containers and the only time he mm-hmm. is he is allowed to do this and it's only because it saves me some work is I feed the cats wet food and I put the cans down for them mm-hmm. to clean out um to keep themselves busy. Uh, While well, the slowest one is eating, and mm-hmm. then when Eddie comes out of his crate because that's where he eats dinner, he will run to those cans and finish whatever they didn't finish.
0: <laughs> right, the detail work. <laughs>
2: yeah, and so then I can just pick them up and throw them in the recycle. I don't have to wash yeah. them
0: because I don't want to wash garbage. So I let the animals do it. That's the joke around here is we let Abby clean all the pots. You know, we put right. them on the floor, and 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 she'll get them like. Sparkling clean, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're dishwasher ready, but they're so clean. I you know, I'll tease Emily, I'll say, All right, right back on the I'll open the cabinet, like I'm gonna stick it back on the shelf. And she's like, No, put that in the dishwasher. Okay, but look how clean. It's so perfect. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
2: And Andrew was disgusted by this because he hates cheese so much he can't even stand Shit. thinking about the wrapper, right?
1: Uh. <laughs> and he talks about how he occasionally finds craft uh, like cheese singles wrappers in Genevieve's pockets. I love it.
2: Yeah, this is like somebody who who told their spouse they quit smoking and then sneaks out to the garage
0: for a <laughs> cigarette now and then. Well, yeah, you know it kind of has that feeling because I do. I'll occasionally have wrappers in my pockets or whatever from the night before. And when I find them I do I feel guilty or something and then I think, what am I feeling fucking guilty about? <laughs> it's a piece of cheese I ate, you know? It isn't like an airplane bottle of vodka or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, you had a couple of baby bells from my house in your pockets, it sounds like the other day, right?
0: I did. I stole a couple baby bells. Like y'all were outside at like two <laughs> thirty in the morning smoking and I don't smoke, so uh I I was just making one quick run through to get something to drink and and head to bed, and I saw that they're Baby bells were still out and I was like, hmm, hmm, I'm not hungry now, but baby bells will keep. So <laughs> I stole a couple and then I had them with my, my pills on the way home because I'm an old man. I have to eat with my pills.
2: I was fully <laughs> expecting those to be gone. I, I knew they would all go in your body yeah. in some, some, some point in the yeah. weekend. Um, moving on, Andrew was talking about how one of his cats seems to be peeing on the floor a little bit. And I only bring this up because if anybody else out there has cats, I have a good solution to this, which is puppy pads. Um, so, you know, when you're potty training a puppy, sometimes people will use those little absorbent um disposable pads to, to, for them to go piddle on. And I didn't do that, but I bought them just in case for his crate when he was tiny. So I ended up, what I do is I tape them to the wall because I have a cat who sometimes will miss the top of the box, go right over and get the wall. And I, that would be a horrible thing to have to clean up all the time. So I just tape puppy pads to the wall and you can put them underneath too. That works too. So just a little tip for me to you. Hmm. Um, I let Andrew know. I he, I emailed him about that. He was appreciative. Um Luke talks a lot about regretting posting that picture of himself in the kiddie pool. Uh, he started to get really anxious about it once he saw it and that heard that people were talking about it on Facebook. And he <laughs> says he was pretty drunk and he regrets posting because he doesn't want us to think that he was bragging about his hot body. Why not
0: brag? I don't know. Uh, I don't I know. Mean, and, and you work out, you know, like if, if you got to a point where you, you know, had like the hot beach bod or whatever, and a picture happened to come out, you'd be like, oh, you know, he sounds like he's just protesting just <laughs> to
1: um, talk about I, it, you know? I would never do it on purpose, though. I would right. never uh, purposely try to take a hot picture of myself and then post it. If I was in a picture that happened to turn out well, I wouldn't have a yeah. problem with it, but I wouldn't right. seek it out.
0: You also probably wouldn't talk about it endlessly so that it would get more clicks, because I'm sure... <laughs> The picture got so many more clicks on Monday after because because a lot of people won't see that show picture because they just get it in their podcatcher or whatever it is and yeah you know mm-hmm. like I'd say probably one out of three people actually see the show picture so he was sort of directing people to go look at it which is great because he looks fantastic this is any press is good press I guess
1: yeah. I think that we should all do some work on our feelings about ourselves and photographs because I don't know anybody I think who really enjoys seeing the physical evidence of themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, some people are bothered less than others, but I went through a period of time where you would not catch me on film because I was just so embarrassed of myself and I hated it all. And I'm trying to get to the point now where even when I look at a picture and I'm like, ugh, I just go, it's me. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're just going to do it. My sister will not be photographed. Yeah. Really? Really? She she will get physically upset and angry if you take a photograph of her.
2: Well, you're just happy having
0: your yam bag all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of having my picture taken either. I'm not as bad as her, but I think I've, I've gotten to the point where I will at least just scan myself in the picture to make sure there's nothing hanging out or there's nothing too embarrassing <laughs> or whatever, and then I'll look at everybody else. You know, I yeah. used to be where if I was in the picture, I couldn't even look at the picture. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. even be able to see. Oh, what did Meredith look like in the picture? I don't know because I didn't look at the picture because I was in it.
2: <laughs> you were staring at yourself so intently. No, no, I used to be where I just
0: couldn't look at it at all. Oh, really. okay.
1: I I think the sad thing is uh, I went for so long being so adamantly opposed to being in pictures that by the time I felt better about myself,
0: nobody wanted to take my picture.
1: <laughs> oh. 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 No, I mean That's nobody scary. cares. So.
0: I finally got to see Anne it live for the first time today. Yeah, for like a for second, about <laughs> for three or four seconds because our cameras out, were up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I wasn't wearing a bra.
2: Me neither, but no, it's only like shoulders up for me, so I was like, yeah, it's all right." I was not going to go change. Either, so,
0: wow, well, we're all in the same boat. I don't need one as much anymore, though. I'm back to an A cup.
2: <laughs> Lucky. Yeah we we get the saddest thing that i've ever heard drop and andrew talks about how he sent that drop to luke a long long time ago that bob edwards morning edition right i think mm-hmm. and uh, of course luke never responded so he was one of us at one point <laughs> yeah um the tragically hip show occurred over the weekend and we we're talking about that band and about how hunky justin trudeau is that's my top story yes he looked awesome in that tragically hip shirt and his Canadian tuxedo. He was wearing jeans and carrying a jean jacket, I think.
0: Don't care. He's, he's from Canada. so He's allowed to. That's the national going to be a lot dress. of denim. <laughs>
1: yep. As I said, he's on my list.
0: Yeah, he's something else. But his else. politics are terrible. Did you see how he voted on this? Oh. All right, Twitter rando.
2: <laughs> Luke was talking about this. So he made a tweet about uh, Justin Trudeau and... Uh-huh. It got a lot of attention, and and what struck me is that Luke was kind of acting like he didn't know exactly who retweeted that tweet. Like, you know he looked at every single retweet. Absolutely.
0: Nobody follows his Twitter activity closer than Luke Burbank. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> so it, it got a lot of attention. We even hear about it later in the week. He's still thinking about this tweet. Um, Andrew tweeted to a sports show and then deleted it. Uh, after Th- they favored it. Thank you for it. saying,
0: Meredith. thank you for saying tweeted and not tweeted out because these guys say tweeted out every goddamn time. And it makes me mad.
2: That sounds, that seems redundant. Like, yes, a tweet,
0: it goes out. It goes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's going out. Is but nobody tweets in. <laughs> um,
2: and oh yeah, the, the drunk Michiganders floating from port here to Canada. I love that story. Um I've done several you know several um floating down the river drunk times in Michigan. It's great fun, but I wouldn't do it out into open water. You have yeah. to be kind of careful where you're doing it. Um and they they were nervous that they were going to get deported from Canada. I assume
0: if I'm white I'm not worried about this. <laughs> Cuz you know what I mean? Cuz I got turned back from Canada twice um for uh my criminal record. Mm. Like they stopped me. They looked at my license or whatever and they told me to pull over. And then they gave me a bunch of paperwork that, that in, and they said, well, you can go to the, you know, turn around and go back to the States. And if you want to come to Canada, fill out all this paperwork and pay like $1,800 and then you can come to Canada. What? And I was like, yeah, I don't need discount pants that much to <laughs> to do that. I'm not going to be buying enough, you know, t shirts and shoes to to make it worth my $1,800 to, you know, apply to come into Canada because they 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 do. It's not just like a limited background check. They do a full life background check on you when you're going in. So wow, no, for me, I I went a couple times, but then I got pulled over the next couple times and got told to go home. So
2: hmm. I like Canada, but I don't know if I like it that much.
0: No, I've been there many times. I I know what it's like. I know mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Lots of strip it clubs. Is. I I knew those really well when I was nineteen and twenty. <laughs>
2: Anything else for Monday?
1: Uh, just that they talk about Walkmans a lot. They're both separately looking for a, a working Walkman. And uh, my note says, why? Tune out, tune out, tune out. And then my notes say romanticizing. And so they're really romanticizing a technology and maybe an era of their life that I don't understand
2: yeah, and, and, and we, flashing forward to the Stranger Things conversations, they were talking about how they don't romanticize the 80s all that much, but right. maybe they do.
0: <laughs> Come on, dudes. They really do.
2: What else do you need a Walkman for?
1: Some shitty sound? I know if you're talking about vinyl, at least there's, there's a sound issue that people seem yeah. to like, that sound quality. But what on earth are you getting for from a cassette tape?
0: Now, yeah, now you got to get into cassette tapes, which are shitty.
2: Super shitty. Yeah. And where do you even buy those Right. antique stores now? So Alright. Moving on to Tuesday, twenty one ninety one. No runs, no hits, several errors. Um Gawker is folding. That's kind of how we open the show. And um Andrew says it's tearing he he and Viv's relationship apart because <laughs> she's just so sad that the, the that Gawker is going away and that comment section is going away because it like sounds like that was a
0: packer of the Gawker comment section. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It sounds like it was really important to her. And I, the comments were pretty funny. A lot of the mm-hmm. time um, I was never really involved in them, but I did like reading them. Um, she's reading a lot about the lawsuits, the AJ Delario and Nick Denton. And she hates Peter Thiel, of course. And Luke and Andrew kind of go into some talk about how if Red State posted a Susan Sarandon sex tape we wouldn't like it. So why are we okay with the Hulk Hogan sex tape? I don't think anyone's okay with that. No one's trying to defend that, right? No. I'm not. No,
0: I've I've seen it. I certainly would not defend it anyway.
1: So Luke doesn't buy into the Gawker's victim story. No, it no. The it was a very tortured metaphor I thought you'd yeah. use, but it was, but the point was good that um if it was happening to somebody else, Gawker would have been absolutely delighted. <laughs> sure. Oh, they'd be covering it nonstop. Yeah, you're right. Oh, rubbing salt in the wounds and whatever else they could do and being snarky. And yeah. yeah. so t- turnabout is fair play. And I did do
2: a little bit of research and to, to do a, Bit of sharpshooting. AJ Delario is being sued personally. He's the one who has negative net worth, and I think Luke said that they took his rice cooker. They didn't actually take his rice cooker. His lawyers wrote some really sarcastic letters to the, to uh, the prosecution, saying, "Look, this guy doesn't have anything. He's moving. Do you want his golf club? Do you? It's probably too small for for Hulk, but you know, you can have it. And he's also got a rice cooker. Do you want the rice cooker?" <laughs>
1: I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I think he still has a rice cooker. I think it was just, you know, it was it was one of his assets.
0: They were trying to create the imagery of like the Grinch crawling back down the chimney to get the last crumb so that the mouse couldn't have a crumb in the house. I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting in this discussion, they talked about being sad that Gogger wasn't going to be there. They talked about being sad that, or regretful that A.J. Deloria was getting sued. They never said that it was too bad that Nick Denton was getting sued. <laughs> right. He seems like a pretty horrible human being, too.
2: Yeah, he could justify his way out of anything. And the writers of Gawker are now just kind of winding down, talking about their experiences, how this went down. Like, it's like the last week of school, they're seniors Mm -hmm. and they're burning the school down at the end
0: of the week. Yeah. Where, where else on the internet will people go to be shitty to each other? I, I can't imagine there's a landing spot for any of these.
2: Especially now that NPR is closing their comments.
1: Right. Well, I heard that the, all those gawker writers are getting farmed out to the other gawker properties that are staying up. So mm-hmm. Jezebel or mm-hmm. whatever all the other ones are. So they're not out of jobs. So it is good. Um, Andrew's
2: phone is messed up. Uh, it's not letting him know that he's got messages and, he is so defeated he doesn't even want to try and fix it. He won't even take it to the T-Mobile store because they're just going to tell him to do stuff he's already done.
1: I was with him (laughs) up until that point because I have no patience for technology. I'm not technology challenged. I'm perfectly competent, but I just don't give a shit and I don't want to deal with it. But when he won't even take steps to have somebody else resolve his problem, it's not like he has to do anything. You take it Mm -hmm. in, you give it to the T-Mobile guy, and you say, make it work the way I want it to, and that's it. Yeah, and
2: you know what really struck me about yeah. this is that Luke, his suggestion was, hey, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> <laughs> which is something he has really railed against in the past. So that was a shock to me that he, did, yeah. he even thought about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just my, I program my phone when it's acting up to just, it tells me, hand it to <laughs> Right.
2: <laughs> and Luke has been dodging his iPhone updates, which is really... I, they don't change much. It's, a, it's security updates. There's a there's a massive security thing going on right now with iPhones. You have to update it.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it sounds pretty
0: dangerous, yeah, actually. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. big problems going on. I
2: mean, I, yeah. I don't know if Luke would be the type to click on a random link in a text because that's how they get you, but you should do those updates.
0: Yeah. I dodge them for like a couple nights, three nights, and I start feeling shitty about it. Well, they don't like, tend okay. to make the phone work any differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They don't no, change much. They don't. It's just, you don't, It you can't use your phone for yeah. like five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's way too long. <laughs> it's like, no, I, this is five of the most valuable phone minutes that I've ever <laughs> going to experience. You can't have my phone for these five It's minutes. just
1: my policy never to be on the leading edge of any kind of tech update. I'll wait and let other people take sure. the first plunge. And if nothing goes wrong, then I'll go.
2: Yeah. Mm. See, I kind of like to do beta testing. I think right. it's fun to get the new thing, but then I get irritated with all the bugs. So I shouldn't do it probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew wonders if a factory reset of that phone will reload their hundred pushups app. And then they start <laughs> to talk about their, <laughs> oh,
0: their success slash
2: failure up. at doing pushups. Well, they're just starting. Andrew did seven and Luke did 18. They've been just starting. How many weeks has this been? They've, They've gotten been just two days down, right? I think so. That's better than before. I was getting irritated too, because they clearly don't know how to use this app. <laughs> They've reset it. They've started the start date over three times. <sighs>
0: Could, you, could we just get a pad and paper out at this point, you know? Wouldn't it be easier? How many push-ups did you do? Well, let me look at it. I wrote it down. Oh, Today my paper four. crashed. Oh, I wrote it down. Today I did six. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Come on with the app already. It just seems like another way to not do it.
2: Well, so I'm doing it along with them, and it reminds you when you – otherwise, mm-hmm. I would probably forget, and it sends you a little reminder to do it, and what it, what I – like about it is that I thought you just had to do a hundred push ups all in a row, but what what it's got you doing is it breaks them into chunks, so you do like I started out doing fifteen, and so it has me do three push ups, take a one minute break, do okay. three pushups, take a one minute break. like I'm like, oh, I could do this all day. I didn't know I got to take one minute break in between each set of three. so that's how they're
0: building you up. It doesn't seem like either one of them understands it to the level that you. <laughs> I've done it have. twice. I haven't heard any level of understanding on there, and that leads me to think this, there's going to be any reasonable chance of success of this. <laughs> this whole thing seems challenge.
1: a little bit disingenuous to me because when you say hundred push-up challenge, it does seem that it would be a hundred push-ups in a row, yeah,
0: right? Right. I've done way more than a hundred push-ups in my life, You're, so I've already won. done this. I, <laughs> I don't need this app. I've, i I'm way over. I went to prison for god's sake. I did more than a 100 pushups.
2: Um moving on to baseball talk. Luke's brother texts Andrew with a name for their baseball segment which is the title of the episode, no runs, no hits, several errors. And they lament that they can't use seven, seventh inning fetch, which is a John Stewart joke.
0: That sucks. I've come up with some great spoofs before and then somebody said, "Oh yeah, like Mitch Hedberg said <laughs> that 15 years ago." God. It's damn just it. shared brain syndrome.
1: Are we going to be excited if they add a, a Mariners segment?
0: Not I. Uh, not I, uh, cause Andrew doesn't really understand how baseball works and Luke is a Mariners fan, but not a baseball fan in general. So I don't know. It's just going to irritate you if they do that, isn't it? Probably, probably, but I'll I'll listen just so I can get worked (laughs) up on the show and entertain.
2: (laughs) The top story for today is the song of the summer. We've got, uh, an email from Deb Clark from marketplace saying that, uh, she's throwing her hat in the ring of Joseph winning song of the summer. And in the, it's not, not quite, over yet? not quite. We're going to talk about the picnic later. Oh yeah. Shit. So what we had is taco picnic. cat okay. versus Joseph and Joseph won that one. And then JT Lake versus Lizzo and Lizzo won okay. that in a landslide. Cause Lizzo
0: is, is campaigning, right? Is that how that, well, works? maybe,
2: yeah, she might be rallying the troops. I don't know if she's
0: posting links to it. Isn't, she the she the only one who who has been. Yeah, tweeting I don't think Joseph is aware.
1: It. A taco cat tweeted, yeah. didn't they? It. They, they did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> today that taco cat guy, man, he's Chats very active on now. social media.
2: So the yeah, so the the final showdown is going to be between, be between Joseph and Lizzo. So I'm actually really I love both of those songs. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this at the party the other mm-hmm. night. I do listen to the Lizzo song more frequently. So I think that's that's who I'm voting for
0: is Lizzo. Bobby would say Joseph
2: because yes. he's been back, and, and I wouldn't be sad the if the Joseph won. I I really like both of those songs. Agreed. Um, they mm-hmm. st- start on Stranger Things talk. Um, Luke was totally whelmed by Stranger Things, <laughs> and he likes everything about it except the time and the place and their use of the word douchebag, and. I was curious about this, actually. I, I, I did a little research and what I found out from a slate story is that the first noted use of the word douchebag as an insult was started in
0: the sixties. Aha. <laughs> is there a quote? I mean, did,
1: I th- is it in I think literature? it was an article. Where did this
0: New York I'd Times? have to go
2: back and check the art. I can post it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was used quite a while ago. Let's see. Um, uh, Historical Dictionary of American Slang traces the epithet douche to a 1968 collection of college slang compiled at Brown University, which defined the word as a person mm. who always does the wrong thing.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Hmm. Well, I I was in high school in the early 80s and in college in the early and mid 80s, and I don't remember it being in common usage, but mm-hmm. the term douche was. Uh, there was an unfortunate pledge class member of mine named scott massengill (laughs) oh no yeah (laughs) yeah one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet but poor guy yeah
2: um and i started watching stranger things last night I got through the first three episodes and I was so scared I had to stop and put on a comedy because <laughs> oh no, I was, <laughs> I, it freaked me out a lot more than I thought it would. I was home alone. I was upstairs. The mm-hmm. door is behind me when you're sitting on that couch. So I was sure the the monster was going to come and eat me from behind. So it was, it was, it was a spooky show, but I really like it. I'm going to watch the, the rest of it. I think today, if I
0: can get through it, Emily peaced out through fear. <laughs> yeah, that was,
1: it's scary. Yeah, I, you have Meredith. It. You have the incorrect premise, though, because the monster doesn't come through the door. He comes through the wall. Ugh. So I'm never <laughs> safe, even if I shut the door.
0: No, no, unless you're out in a field where there's no walls, you're gonna. Well, they can get you from underneath too, I think.
2: So. <laughs> and the root and above, right? You're if you're in a shed. <laughs>
0: <sighs> yeah, and the pool. Yeah, the pool yep. will get you.
2: It's it's a really good show. I was sick. Of, I'm. I was sick of hearing people talk about it before I watched it, but now that's all I want <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have watched the whole thing just because I like to be like this for the same reason I watched Game of Thrones. Like when other people gave up on it, it's like so many people are talking about it, I need to know about yeah. it. Yeah, and I have some really unpopular opinions about Stranger Things. I'll say for the most part, it's really well done. I just Winona Ryder, I can't. I just can't win on a writer yeah, anymore, yeah. anywhere.
2: She does. She made me really, yeah. She made me really anxious, but I think she's probably supposed to, right? Like she's crazy slash right, you know.
0: Mm. And she's grieving, yeah. and she's I, missing I a child, she's, and she's much out of her normal state, current <laughs> state of probably uh, in that in that uh, show. But yeah, her and the writing, but those aren't those aren't the main thrusts of why everyone likes it. So I'm out just because of a couple fucking details that are all about me.
2: Well, but writing is a big one. I I agree some of the writing is kind of cheesy. Mhm. But I'm enjoying it. I'm going to finish it if I can today. Um anything else about Stranger Things? And did you watch it? I did.
1: I did. I ripped through it faster than I normally would. I'm not much of a binger, but I listened to another podcast where they were going to talk about it and I I wanted to be current for once. And they had this whole involved conversation Mm -hmm. about, you know, what kind of statement it was making and what it was saying about, I don't know, the 80s and our current feelings and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, but maybe it's just a a fun story. Maybe it's just an homage to a different time.
0: Right. All my criticisms are going to come off sounding like you, you know, like those guys or ladies that whatever podcast you're on, it's... If I started getting into how I feel about Stranger Things and why I didn't like it as much as everyone else, I'm going to sound like those douchebags. <laughs> so You're
2: allowed to not like it. I think that's mm-hmm.
0: fine. <laughs> I watched the whole thing.
2: Though.
1: When did Matthew Modine get old? Man, oh man. <laughs> I don't like it. And s- super
2: scary. Super scary. Mm-hmm. That guy. Um, moving on to emails for Tuesday, we get an update from Emily about... Christmas crackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't know what these were growing up. But when mm-hmm. I moved to Detroit, my husband's family does this. And they were like, oh, get a cracker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Here's this. You want some cheese or something? Like, I thought they were talking about food. And it's just a, a pull apart toy that that kind of has confetti and jokes in it.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I lived in England for a long time. So. Oh, right. Um We did Christmas crackers every year.
2: And I think this leads to a good line of Luke's, which is why aren't we doing more Christmas banging?
1: <laughs> well sex day is just the month before that
0: that's true that's a lot of banging less than a month refractory period so i don't know if andrew's <laughs> gonna be up to that
2: and then for when they were talking about what song to go at, i just thought it was funny that luke said he always thought echo and the bunny men were scary <laughs> <laughs> satanic and defiant
0: didn't they do a false start on the outro music like <clears throat> they started to play. Yeah, Luke said no, oh, this no. isn't it was from the Stranger Indeed. Things soundtrack, and Luke was like, Nope, nope, nope.
2: <laughs> I don't like this. Right.
0: All right. Uh on to Wednesday twenty-one ninety-two. Uh Chook Raffle Bunny Rug. Um Luke is at Andrew's house and now either he loves Andrew's cats or he's warming up to Andrew's cats, or he has to say now on the air because <laughs> might listen that he loves cats. Cause she's, she's trying to make sure that he's as accepting in, in his home of, uh, Olive as he is Rudy. Uh, they get into, Andrew serves tea or coffee in a couple of his tre- most treasured mugs, including a WMMS mug. And, uh, they get into a lot of treasured mug talk. Uh, do you guys have your go-to mugs? Do you have any that you're like proud of or that you don't use because they're, treasure mm,
1: no i'm not a coffee drinker or a tea drinker so what do i need mugs for
0: you just have a few mugs in case someone comes over or whatever nothing like you don't but you don't you've never gotten any like giveaway mugs that meant something to you or like no swag
1: am i a bad person
0: <laughs> no so you don't even have the tbtl mugs is what you're telling oh me.
1: i do have the tbtl <gasps> mug that's right it sits on the counter i never use you it you never okay. there it is
0: <laughs> but you've just said they meant nothing to Ooh, you. Yeah, so.
1: it's just a thing. It's just a thing.
0: <laughs> I get you. I get you. I yeah, Meredith, how about you?
2: It's not an emotional connection, but I think it's cool. My mom is a psychiatric nurse and Until the laws changed, well, they still get some swag, but they were getting tons of swag from drug companies, you know, Mm -hmm. endless pens and, and clocks and pads of paper and trips to the Bahamas and dinners and breakfasts. And one of the things they got a lot were coffee mugs. And there was one, I think... It broke, so I don't remember exactly what drug it was. Maybe it was a Billify, and it was like a scribbly graphic. It was just like a bunch of nonsense. It was craziness. And then when you put something hot in it, it would, the craziness would clear up and it would be the drug logo. Wow. Like, you know, it was like changing with the heat of the cup.
0: Isn't a Billify one of those ones that's like, uh, Oh, I don't know. It's for something. R- it might be an antipsychotic. I don't remember exactly. It's been a while, but it, it, I remember the just cause Emily watches all these like forensic files and all these shows and it's all drug, you know, commercials. And I remember Abilify being one of the most terrifying. Um, uh, what are they? Um, uh, you know, when they list off all the side, oh, the side effects. Yes. It's, it's 90% of the commercial and some of the most terrifying things you'll ever hear. <laughs>
2: I was right. I'm looking at it right now. It is an antipsychotic and itching, hives, anxiety, confusion, depressed mood, thoughts of hurting yourself or others, fever, chills, cough, fever, muscle, acheness, jerky movements in your face, tongue, or jaw, <laughs> numbness or weakness on one side of your body. Okay. No
0: thanks. I, I was like, how bad <laughs> There's whatever I'm more. experiencing be that I'm going to take this pill? You know?
1: Sign me up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that
2: one. Well, is it's used for schizophrenia and Tourette's, so I guess you have to weigh that trade-off. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess if you're really, if you're really bad off, but yeah, at least they made a cool mug. Yep, they did. Uh, <laughs> my mug, uh, the only mug that I've taken from town to town and place to place, is a. That's um, a mug that has Vincent van Gogh's wildflowers print around it, and the reason I still have it is because it was the coffee cup that I used to. Uh, drink coffee with my mom when I go over to her house. I would pull down that mug and have coffee with my mom. And then when she died, that was one of the things that I took. And now I just keep in the cabinet. And sometimes I used to make uh my coffee milk, thanks to Bobby. Aw. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not That's attached nice. to any of these other. I mean, you have your favorites because they're the right size or they're the right, right. You know, stability or whatever. And yeah, I'm always serving Emily in certain mugs, in certain places because they're wagging tails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to get a wide base on some, <laughs> right? Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> well, Meredith mentioned pens, and I guess I don't care about mugs, but I do like pens, mm-hmm. and I have a couple that are are very specific, and that I have to have at certain times and places. And if I lost one of those, I would be sad.
0: These are brands and your favorite kind of,
1: no, ink, or j- just. Or- Pens that uh, there. I have one at my second job that I think I found on the floor, and it just clicks really nicely. Excuse me, and uh, feels good in my hand. And I put it in my apron pocket. And if somebody else takes that pen, I will cry. Uh, When I'm done there at the end of this week, I'm going to take it with
0: me. Yes, I hope they're not listening because that's (laughs) that's theft, stealing. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) My favorite uh, part of the mug talk was the talk of the tattletale. Swag, uh, the mugs and the pieces where the guy, st- he originally started saying, st- started putting the particular year on. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the Tattletail in 1992. And then he would end up with half a box still left of those. So he started doing a date yes. range from Thanks for coming to the Tattletail <laughs> from 1993 through 1997. <laughs> That's just smart business. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to just leave off the date and then just have Thanks for coming to the Tattletail. You don't want right. to do that because then you it can't can... be timeless. <laughs> you want to... That would be horrible. And then you could always use him. <laughs> God. I love that guy. The
2: one, the great thing that the mug talk inspired was this post on the, was an email later, right? And then a post on the Facebook page about a rainbow mug. That was a really sweet story yeah. slash mm-hmm. sad story. Um, but I, I love that the tens are rallying to, to
0: try and find this mug. So I hope <laughs> we can do that. Um, I had no idea that until like the TBTL mugs were coming out that, um, that, that stuff just in dishwashers, some of those mugs just completely get erased. Cause I've never had a mug that to have that happen. But mm-hmm. I guess, um, I guess that's a thing. Do the TBTL mugs, do they, can they be di- in the dishwasher? No, really?
2: Mm-mm. No, there's a big thing on Facebook. Everybody was putting them in and then, then they were getting destroyed.
0: Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, Andrew's dad, uh, that one of the mugs was, was for Andrew's dad's business and it looked very legit. And like all of the, all of the stuff around Andrew's dad's business looked, looked pretty cool and legit. I don't know who he had doing it or if he's doing it himself, but it led Luke to think about how non-legit his dad's business always <laughs> seemed. Aww. Like he, he, he talked about how he would be, um, weeding vinyl while he could hear prostitutes talk outside of the garage slash sign studio and various drifters who would stay in and work with his dad and sleep in that garage. Uh, yeah, it didn't seem as legit. And, and, no. I mean, his his dad seems really sweet, and I hope these drifters didn't take advantage of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I really enjoyed the... Um, the mention of the creation of the Burbank sawdust sucker. <laughs> Walter's big invention apparently that seems to be a giant shop vac, but with a name like that, I'm surprised it didn't take off.
0: Yeah, yeah, sawdust sucker. I think uh, with the infomercials these days, I think a name like that mm-hmm. would would be a big winner. But first, my favorite part of any infomercial, you got to show the person trying to use the traditional shop vac technology and they're right. like, they're sucking their hair in there. They're sucking their balls in there. And there's this black and white and the shaky camera. It fall, like,
2: they fall over <laughs> when
0: they try to turn it on. Sawdust just explodes everywhere and they're like, ah, <laughs> are you tired of traditional sawdust sucking technology? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my balls are in there. Let's, what can we do? Um. Luke has to record something for CBS radio, do a, a, a re a recut of something. And he wants Andrew to leave <laughs> so that he can do it. Now, this is an interesting question for all of us. I think is uh, for, I'll start with you, Meredith. Um, do you ever feel weird about people in the house overhearing you? Is it always just Duff? Or does, does he walk by? Does he always ever ask you later? Like, what the hell were you talking about? Why are you saying my name?
2: No, we've talked about this, I think, on the show before and in a discussion of would you rather work out in public or record the podcast in public? And I said work out. And even every caveat you threw at me, I was like, nope, work out. Right, I remember. <laughs> um, so usually it's only Duff here. I don't know if I've ever recorded with anyone else in the house because it's usually Sunday mornings. Right. And, uh, but I do shut and lock the door. Not because I'm afraid he's going to come in, but because Link, the cat, can open doors and yeah. I don't want him opening the door. And then if Dove's watching TV, then it'll get noisy. It's more of a practical consideration, but I definitely don't want him in here or overhearing me. Yeah. <laughs> he stays in the living room and watches football or something.
0: That's good. And you have uh, you sang one time, so I, I'm guessing you have no, no compunction about being overheard.
1: Mm-mm. Not recording. Um, I never used to like it. Um, when I was still living at my parents' house and I would be practicing my singing, mm-hmm. I didn't want them to hear that. But this is just talking. I don't care.
0: Yeah. I'm more or less okay with it. Um, Emily will occasionally overhear some stuff, but usually she's across the house. Uh, I don't know. I would feel weird if other people were here, especially if they didn't even understand what I was doing. Like, what? what is that? Like, it's really hard to explain this show. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, especially
2: um, if you are starting out with somebody who doesn't even know what a podcast is, <laughs>
0: right, right, and I, I don't know, and I've had to do it with like her mom here or whatever, but her mom sort of oh, understands. Yeah. But, um, I would imagine though, if I had to do something like super seriously for money, I would want people to, you know, be far away where they couldn't be heard on the recording. So I would want right. them to leave so that CBS this morning. Sunday morning wouldn't hear Andrew, like, puttering, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> using his sawdust sucker.
1: Well, and Luke did say that you have to go to a weird place to make things sound right when you're doing this narration. Mm-hmm. So I guess if it's not a, a regular speech pattern, if right. you're carnival-barkering it up, that might get weird.
0: It It is. You just reminded me, like, I can't remember when but there have been times when i've had to record something to be inserted later into a show and it feels weird and then you play it back and it sounds weird and you're like uh oh, this it's harder to i don't know be comfortable with what you're doing or saying in, unless it's a conversation then it's a lot easier mm-hmm. so uh top story the australian dictionary has a bunch of new words and i don't know i sort of tuned out on on this quiz and all that
1: i think the upshot of this is australians talk funny right yeah
0: right this is a space filler i think Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm glad you guys agree because i when it was like halfway through i was like oh my god when is this gonna be over
2: i started to take notes
1: and i couldn't concentrate enough to write them all down good
0: oh my god i thought i was like losing it or something thank you no
1: I wrote them down and then midway through I counted them and I was like, oh, Jesus, six more? Mm -hmm." (laughs) Are we still going?
0: Yeah. I was really glad when that was over. Um, Email. Sheila sharpshoots Luke about not knowing the time or the place that Stranger Things took place (laughs) because there was a panel uh, at the beginning of the show that said the time and the place that Stranger (laughs) Things.
2: And they also say the name of the city about 40 times an episode. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's in Hawkins, and it's the Hawkins Lab. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And they talk about it as like it's a suburb. It's a suburb of the city. They never say specifically what city, but, I mean, Indianapolis or whatever. Yeah. But it's not a suburb, clearly. No. It's a small town.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, somewhere. Yeah. I
1: mean, there's this big woods. And there's probably a city somewhere nearby,
2: because we talk about the sheriff's daughter, right,
0: being in the city uh-huh. with right. her mom. If you're from Seattle... I, I would picture it not being a suburb, but being somewhere like Centralia or Chehalis or something, something like an hour away. That's it's, its own thing, and then people there are like, "Oh, Seattle's the city," you know. It's it's mm-hmm. not like Bellevue, where like, "Oh, Seattle's the city." I'm gonna be there in ten minutes, you know. <laughs> not that kind of doesn't feel like that, but great, great sharpshoot. That one of my favorite of all time. Just. Yes. Simple fun. and elegant. <laughs> right. No, no language necessary. And I guess the show was originally called Montauk as in Long Island, Montauk, Long Island, as in the monster of Montauk, which um, has a special place in my heart because the the first time that Emily came to visit me in Seattle, uh, we went on the show like on the nine o'clock hour and Addie was there. So it was uh, Us and Luke and Addie, and we talked about the monster of Montauk and, and we looked at the picture of it and we're trying to, you know, figure out if it was real, if it was a hoax. And, you know, it was, it's a pretty ugly thing, this monster. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and we had a great time. And then we went to Red Robin and had some steak fries, which are way better than, uh, crinkle cut or waffle fries. Sorry, dummies. Um, they just are. (laughs) And so it just brought up a good memory for me. So. That's uh, all I had for Wednesday.
1: Let's go to Thursday, 2193, Tomorrow's Mistakes Today. And we get a quick push-up date. Andrew's up to 18 and Luke's at 41 and they're sore in all the right places.
0: But this is just cumulative now, right? <laughs> Luke's not doing 41 push-ups. He's done 41 push-ups.
1: <laughs> I think he did 41 push-ups that day, just okay. broken up Gotcha. into chunks.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm, I'm I'm starting to figure out how it works. By the time they actually sync up, I might actually know what's going on.
1: <laughs> uh, so, this is a, a big deal, this first story that they start off with about the teriyaki. There is a piece in Thrillist that says that the Seattle teriyaki scene is slowly disappearing. Mm-hmm. And so, in honor of this, Luke and Andrew decide to get teriyaki for lunch and eat it while they're doing TVTL, mm-hmm. because they know how much everybody oh, loves it when they eat yeah, on the show, fantastic. as they say.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a TV show that I hate that I've never even seen, just because it's called The Chew.
1: Ew. <laughs> oh, there are plenty of other reasons to hate it.
0: I'm sure there are. I'm yep. sure there are. But, <laughs> but I saw a billboard for it yesterday, and went, with The Chew? Oh, no. I'm no way. I'm out. <laughs> I'd rather... I would rather watch The Drink than The Chew.
1: <laughs> so... Uh, about teriyaki, Luke did not know how popular uh, the teriyaki culture is in Seattle. He thought that uh, every city in the country had hundreds of small, mm. hole-in-the-wall, utilitarian teriyaki shops, and None that here. turns out to be not a thing. No, I don't know if I've <laughs> ever gone to a teriyaki no, me neither. place, at least not in the style that they're talking about, for sure. Mm-mm. And they say that the disappearance is due to number 1 the cost of real estate which I can believe and number 2 the food culture in Seattle is changing and I I don't know what is it changing to that would push teriyaki out.
0: I think teriyaki has generally since the beginning been sort of a value proposition where you get a lot of food for not a lot of money and some places did it well and some didn't and the ones that did it well you know they did a lot of volume but they're getting priced out I think. Because of real estate or whatever, because mm-hmm. people, you—if you grew up paying four ninety nine or five ninety nine for a massive amount of good teriyaki, you can't find it anymore because it's going to be ten dollars. And then you're—I think in some people's brains, it's like teriyaki isn't ten dollars. I'm not mm. paying ten dollars. I don't know. This is my theory. Anyway,
1: what is the iceberg lettuce component to this that they <laughs> it's talked some, about? Some oh. bullshit
0: that I can't believe anybody eats. They were even talking about eating it. I'm like, no, that's that's something that you fire straight into the trash. The
1: the salad. Yeah.
0: Some bullshit. I've
2: gotten that at some Japanese restaurants yeah. before. Mm-hmm. It's like iceberg lettuce, some sort of dressing, and then like a little tiny shredded carrot.
0: Yeah. Nope. And that's all it is. Fuck that.
1: With what kind yeah. of dressing? I think like Italian
2: yeah,
0: or
1: something. Yeah, it's like an oily. Oh, oh authentic. Okay. <laughs> uh, there is a place in LA that Andrew talks about he went to that he categorizes as the dirtiest restaurant he's ever returned to. <laughs> And I want to know, do you guys have a place like that mm. that's just nasty but you keep going back?
0: There's there's a um the Chinese restaurant. There are two, I think two Chinese restaurants here in Kyle, two like non-chain. And uh one of them gets fantastic reviews. And I went in there, it's also a donut shop, and it's filthy. Of course. It's awfully filthy. I mean, but, uh, the, the food was terrific and they gave you a lot of food. And I can't, I can't say I won't be back, but I, I think it's best that I go pick up the food because I think if Emily saw this place, she'd probably <laughs> not want to partake in the food.
2: It's funny you say that, Mike, because the other, the one that came to my mind first was also a Chinese restaurant. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Sensing a theme here. It's in Grand Rapids. So it wasn't even particularly good. It was just a place that my dad liked a lot and we would go with him a lot. And it's just kind of m- nostalgic for me. So I try to go back there and get s- at least some egg rolls because, you know, they're deep fried and right. not much can survive <laughs> sure, that process. Sure. So I'll go and get an egg roll there every time I'm back. It's in Town.
1: Well, when I was in college in in Cleveland, the campus was uh, adjacent to a very, 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 very unsafe area of town. So you didn't exactly go wandering out into the surrounding neighborhood at night. But right on the corner of campus, there was a Little Caesars Mm -hmm. that we used to go to every once in a while. And that place was filthy. Like, there was so much grease on the floor that you slid when you walked in.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, boy.
1: But when you're poor college students, and that's the pizza place, and basically the only place that you can get to, that's what you do.
0: Right you just don't want a filthy place that is either sushi or a salad bar or any anything where things are not being cooked within an inch of its life, like you mentioned the egg rolls and you're talking about pizza <laughs> yeah. it's pretty safe like when when I used to work in in that business and I handled guest complaints, and people would uh complain that they got um they got sick from pizza. Uh, I'd always be like rolling my eyes. I'm like, yeah, it got cooked at <laughs> 550 degrees for yeah. eight minutes. You didn't get sick from the pizza. You got sick from something else, but I would never say that. Always apologize.
1: Um, moving out from the teriyaki, uh, story, Luke went for a run this morning and then he went directly to the teriyaki place to get his food. And he was, uh, as he said, sweaty and ripe and so he's wondering if he was wrong yeah what's the etiquette of um going to a public place when you're post-workout i do it a lot but i'm not particularly
2: stinky i don't think and i think dudes stink more than ladies Mm -hmm. do
0: and Mm -hmm. luke's really sweaty by the way i mean he is super sweaty
2: well, I do hot yoga. Mm-hmm. And so this is a lot of exercise in a 95 degree room. Yeah. And when I'm out there, I'm by the grocery store, I'm not going to go home and take a shower and go back out to the grocery store. I'm just not. Exactly. So what I do is I have um I have face cloths in my car like those pre-moistened mm-hmm. ones, so I'll I'll wipe down my face, I'll dry it, and if I'm particularly stinky, I'll hit the armpits. Mhm and call it good. I don't really care. I'm not, you know, snuggling up with anyone at the grocery store. No. Um, and I'll cool off as soon as I'm in there because it's so freezingly air conditioned that I figure I've covered my bases at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: I do pretty much the same thing. I always have a hoodie that I put on after the gym, even if it's 95 degrees, because I don't know, I, I don't even want st- to push back on my car seats with my sweaty back. So let's have a barrier in there. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm going to the nice grocery store, maybe I take my hair out of the ponytail, just make like a token effort. (laughs) But other than that, I don't find that I'm particularly stinky either.
0: I think, uh, I think that Luke does this kind of thing a lot. And I think it's all right to go run your errand or whatever, but he will go meet people for appointments no,
2: I won't yeah. do that. Mm-mm. I that's the, If only for the sake of my skin, I don't want to sit in that sweat for too
0: long. Right. right. But he he's like he wants to like make the most of his time and and I don't think he differentiates sometimes between, you know, picking up some teriyaki and then, you know, going to lunch with someone. So Right. hmm It's his thing. He'll always do it. He's not he's not asking for permission here. <laughs> he's just going to keep doing it.
1: No, he's just going to be the old guy sweating yes. it up that everybody thinks is kind yes, of gross. He will. Always. It, and he's going to have to have to live with that. In his V-neck so.
0: undershirt, which is not a
1: t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I'd like to say at the close of this segment that we can't have discussions like this on TBTL that are not that are show and tell without actually bringing me some of the goods. Because mm. it is torture to sit there and listen to them talk about food right. that I can't have right now.
0: Right. Especially teriyaki when you're you're in the Midwest. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: We're still working on getting pho places out right. here. Um, moving on to today's top story. The nephew of Colonel Sanders accidentally revealed the top secret list of 11 herbs and spices to some journalist. And Andrew immediately calls bullshit. I think he has a great bullshit detector, and yeah. he says this is totally PR. It's right. completely a marketing move, and I have to agree.
0: And if you could create some chicken at home with what a, with a, a recipe of your choice, if you're a, a chicken consumer with any taste whatsoever, are you even interested in what the fuck they're putting in at KFC? No.
1: <laughs> nope. Oh my God, they use white pepper? Oh! <gasps> <gasps> secret
0: ingredient yeah. my life has changed i think we all have 15 chicken places we'd we'd rather know what they put in their chicken than <laughs> yeah Kentucky fried chicken even Popeye's is yes, better Popeye's is fine
1: oh god i don't think i've had fried chicken in forever there's so much Still good fried come chicken and save me
2: texas has a lot of good yeah, fried chicken no doubt Ch- KFC is never on the list <laughs> no.
0: they don't do a lot of brisk business in texas
2: there's even good drive-through fried chicken here that's independent Mm -hmm. non-fast food chain there's one in particular in dallas called bubba's and if you're ever here anyone go to bubba's
1: all right let's get to the thing that i've been waiting to talk about for the past four days it's the anne of green gables talk (laughs) anne of green gables is being remade for netflix by a lady who wrote for Breaking Bad, and I don't understand why that's important. It's not like all of a sudden it's going to be Anne of Green Gables, but with guns and drugs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would watch that, though. Well, that would be a different take on it. And I was frustrated by this. Well, first of all, they teased it on Wednesday, and they didn't talk about it. And then they talked about it on Thursday, and the whole idea of, do we need a reboot? But then they started talking about Ghostbusters, and they never talked about Anne of Green Gables. I was really irritated by that. I think because Luke's only exposure to it was being
2: annoyed that his sisters were hogging the TV, right? He doesn't right. know anything and, about Anne of Green Gables, other than pump sleeves.
1: Right. And, and Andrew has no context for it all. But I would just like to say that I think Anne of Green Gables is a very TBTL thing. In fact, I think Anne of Green Gables is Jen Andrews. Yes. Because they're basically the same person. Yes. With a, a huge heart and a super feeler and somebody who is invested in relationships, who doesn't always think and gets themselves into jams, um, but really um, has a lot of people that love them. It's just a very... Very. And, and it, oh, God, I shouldn't do this. It's so boring. But the whole issue with the puffed sleeves <laughs> is that she's an orphan, and she's never had anybody love her. She's been shuttled around between foster homes and orphanages. And she's never had anybody who, who cared about her as anything other than um, unpaid labor. And she goes to live with this uh, brother and sister, and she's desperate to have a family. And what she wants is a pretty dress that all the other little girls have, because it will help her belong and feel like she's part of the community. And um, when she gets that pretty dress, she's she's happy. And it's such a Jen Andrews thing.
0: So the mm-hmm. dress has puff sleeves. She's been after puff sleeves the whole time.
1: Yes. When she goes to live there and, uh, and Marilla, her... Uh, caretaker makes her dresses they're all like dark and sober and plain and mm-hmm. marilla's not gonna waste any material on some a frippery like puffed sleeves okay. and so she has to go to school and church and watch all the other little girls with their cute little dresses and their puff sleeves and she just feels like she doesn't belong and when she finally gets a dress that has puff sleeves it's everything to her that's
0: kind of how i feel about not having a pickup here in texas like, you don't even <laughs> register only you had as a a pickup person in Kyle. Right.
1: So, I don't know. What about the idea of a reboot? And do we need to be rebooting these things? And <laughs> I was thinking that nobody gets upset when you do another production of Shakespeare or another Shakespeare movie. There was the Laurence Olivier and the uh, Mel Gibson one, and then Kenneth Branagh did Hamlet, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, Ethan Hawke did Hamlet. and Nobody's like, oh, my God, they're doing Hamlet again. So what's the problem if they want to do Anne of Green Gables or Ghostbusters or Spider-Man? They're like on their fifth iteration of Spider-Man. As long as you have something new to say, I I don't care. I
2: don't have a problem with it as long as they don't ruin my childhood by making it an all-female cast.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Or Baz Luhrmann directs it. and It's just a train wreck.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, so there's a lot of talk about rebooting and, uh and Gen X. And now that Gen X is starting to take control of, of the media, although that sounds very conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but now that the baby boomers are starting to retire, and Gen X is coming to the forefront, are they going to drive the media in the same way that the boomers did? And I sort of feel like Gen Xers have missed it. I feel like the millennials are in charge of the media already.
0: Yeah, I may have skipped a generation cuz the the main uh characteristic of the Gen X person and I think I in the first year of it or the last year however that works um we don't give a shit. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it's apathy, We just right? let shit go and <laughs> the millennials yeah. care, the baby boomers cared and we were like uh whatever you want to do. I don't <laughs> you guys do whatever you want to do. I don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's about the way that I feel too.
0: <laughs> Yeah, if I like it, I like it. But I'm not. You won't have my input because I don't. I don't care.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, moving on to emails, we find out that Frank Gorshin was the Riddler, not the Joker, which I knew because I watched enough of yeah. that crappy Batman thing. Yeah. And Luke shares that Cesar Romero kept his mustache under the Joker yeah. makeup. <laughs>
0: yeah, my brother watched a lot of Batman, and that and it was it was really weird. That mustache. Yeah, that was
1: obvious, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was
0: so obvious. Painted mustache.
1: <laughs> My favorite part was when they were they would be climbing up the side of some building, but clearly they were just walking on the ground pulling a rope. I mean, those special effects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they took a little bit of pride in how bad bad it was. It seemed at times,
1: <laughs> but it was a fun yeah. show when you were eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, there is some discussion about whether the band A Crowded House is from Australia or New Zealand. And I don't care, but I know that it matters a Mm -hmm. lot to New Zealanders.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can't make... Hashtag two different countries. (laughs) Yeah, New Zealand uh, people, they seem great, but they also seem really sensitive whenever they get slighted in any way. Well,
2: and it happens a lot because nobody, like, I don't know, 10% of the population seems to understand that they're not the same
0: thing. Right, right. The Tasmanians don't seem to get as upset because but, but, I don't think there are any famous <laughs> Tasmanians. I'll get sharp shot on that, I'm sure. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, we'll see. That's it for Thursday? All right. Friday, 2194. I'm here to zubel all the zits, all these zits. <laughs> uh, Andrew uh, is ready now for Project X level party. I, and There's a long clip played from some MTV movie about social media and how it led to some epic party and some horror movie. I don't know. They got on a tangent really fast on Friday. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. really hard to follow. But I guess Luke is saying that he's, his house is also like ready for, for big parties. Finally, all the construction is.
2: Well, Carrie, Carrie's family's coming over. It
0: sounds like there you go. Uh, so they're pushing all the rubble aside and, uh, mm-hmm. cause Luke's family's already been over for a big chindig. Yeah. What I yep.
1: So Luke's going to the dump and Carrie is rock spreading it. Which one of those is
0: worse? <laughs> uh, I'd rather rock spread. Really? I'd rather yeah. be in the air conditioned uh, truck going to the dump myself.
1: Well, that's a good
2: point. But then you have to be at the dump.
0: Oh, the dump's great. And when you're a dude, nothing better than going into the dump. Because <laughs> you just love watching shit get crushed and seeing what shit people are throwing in there. It's pretty fun, I think. And also, there's satisfaction there because you're getting rid of some bullshit out of your life.
2: I do like getting rid of bullshit. Yeah,
0: it's like, uh-huh. oh, I finally hurl this bullshit into the abyss that I've been carrying around yeah. for 15, 20 years. Um, Andrew's friend knows how to shut down mansplaining. I guess Andrew has this super sharp friend and people are always trying to explain things to her. And she had, um, I can't, I didn't write it down, but there was, she had a way of phrasing it to be not as rude as to say, shut up, I already know what I'm doing.
2: Framing it as, I respect your time, so let's move past this. <laughs> right,
0: right. I'll make it about their time. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about uh, mansplaining. and um, I think Andrew was talking about how there was somebody, one of his friends, or, or one of his friends ran into somebody who was over-explaining Sports to them that they already knew about, and it made me think of, of my friends Barb and Kate, who are both big Seahawks fans. Barb's a big sports fan from from way back. Kate loves the Mariners too, and she knows they both know a lot about sports. And sometimes they're in a situation where, you know, they have to go out somewhere and watch the game either alone or with female friends, and they say inevitably there are guys there who will just start trying to show off by talking about how much they know and and usually embarrass themselves because these ladies are really sharp about sports. And the guys, you're not doing yourselves any favors, any favors when you explain anything that hasn't been asked of you in these mm-hmm. situations. Because I know a ton about sports, but I know how boring it is to someone like Emily or Meredith or Anne. So unless they ask, <laughs> I'm not talking about it.
1: Can we talk about men's diving?
0: <laughs> You're, uh, who was Steel Johnson a drive, uh, diver or was he a swimmer?
1: No, he was a diver.
0: Man, what a name. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I didn't see any Olympics, but I did see one moment when I was at the, I was at Firehouse Subs. I, I saw a picture of Steel Johnson and I had to, had to it stopped me. <laughs> well, can
1: we talk about the, the definition of mansplaining. Are mm-hmm. the, Luke and Andrew even using this correctly? Because it's my understanding that it is a very gendered thing and it's a man to a woman. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's saying that there are men that mansplain to him. No. 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 And it's such a gendered feminist thing. It's a thing. And it's called being condescending when it's a man and yeah, a man. Yeah. It's just being a, a
2: condescending ass. The The, the just... element that's different is that men assume that we don't know anything about anything, so they have to explain it to us. Yeah,
0: except Anne of Green Gables, then I I got to defer.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> the classic example that I think of is, I think the first time I heard about it was a woman talking about, she was at a dinner party talking to an older man, and the man was telling her about a book that he had read, and so she she had also read it and discussed it, and he he told her that she understood it incorrectly, and it turns out that she was the author of that book.
0: <laughs> That's the greatest... <laughs> That's the non-saddest story I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't care for them being so imprecise or or trying to expand the definition of that mm-hmm. word to fit their own lives when it's something that is a, an incredibly um, important concept to some people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'd say step carefully, guys. Yep.
0: <clears throat> There's a long discussion of uh, the origins of the can of corn in baseball uh, parlance. Um, there, uh, the, the, the talk of mansplaining and like, um, you know, uh, providing a lot of information when none was asked, it reminded me of like some people who are the opposite. And the, the best example I can come up with is my friend, Bill, who's just really a curious person and you will find yourself talking endlessly about something that you know a little bit about or a lot about or whatever. He will get it out of you because he wants to know. You know, and those people are rare, and it's such a great flip side of the coin to the mansplainer who might have one nugget of information and (laughs) wraps it in, you know, a half hour of bullshit. And Barb and Kate know what I'm talking about. The guy who sits down next to you and tries to explain uh, the fair catch or, uh, or like anything to do with baseball, football, basketball. This guy will have one nugget of information and like oodles of misinformation. So when you find someone who's the opposite who will come up and ask you, what happened there? Which is like kind of what Andrew is when it's coming to sports now. He'd be fun to watch sports with mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was like, that, that was a weird thing. Why did that guy do that? You know, and then
2: yeah. And just as a PSA, there's, there's nothing wrong with admitting you don't know everything.
0: Sure. sure. And that's when you're a curious person, you are doing that. And yeah, it's, it's fun. Right. Those people are fun to hang out with. Uh, Tom Lykus, um, TJ Mackey, Glenn Beck, all seem to be about the same guy. Um, (laughs)
1: gross, gross, and gross.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they are all the, like the, uh, mansplainer, um, or the, um, douchebag, I guess. I'm not going to say mansplain because no women wouldn't call into these shows. So you can't say.
2: Well, and they both called themselves the professor, which implies, <laughs> let me bestow my knowledge right, upon you. Right.
0: So they were talking to guys. So it's more just like a douchebag meeting. Um, I don't know much about Glenn Beck's <laughs> show, but I, I don't think any, uh, a lot of females would be interested, but, um, the Justin Trudeau is hot tweet brought out the trolls. There was, there was more talk of all the trolls. And Luke was talking about on Twitter how most of the people that, that uh, really do the trolling are those who really don't have their own identity on Twitter. They're, they're just some jumbled up, uh, made up at, and their profile is is nothing. And then they just go yelling at everyone about how bad Trudeau's politics are or something. And that most of the people who have something to say, whether it's controversial or positive or whatever at least are standing out there as a person. Their name is on the account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that too, you know, because sometimes it's weird, like someone will try to engage you on Twitter for something you said and and they've got some weird, you know, it just feels creepy and odd. You know, I don't want to respond to you because I can't see any idea of who you are. You know, like even if you were someone who held a lot of beliefs that I don't, uh, show yourself, so that I'm at least comfortable. I know where we stand in whatever we're arguing about or discussing. So I know y'all don't do Twitter a lot, but Um, Luke had his phase, which was his Indigo Girls, Annie DeFranco, Tracy Chapman phase. And I think he's talked about that before (laughs) sitting in, um, I think it was Denny Hall looking out the window, looking at the bridge and listening to this music and, and feeling, feeling all the feels about being a young father at the University of Washington. Um, I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's good music. I mean, it's not for me, but there may have been a time when it would have been for me because I think sometimes music hits you differently at different times of your life. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it seems like it's totally missing him now, but it hit him then, and that's all you really need. Yeah. Have you either of you had a, a phase of music that you are... Not ashamed of now, but, but can't connect with emotionally anymore.
2: I had the same Ani DeFranco phase. Mm-hmm. I might have brought this up on Friday. I, I was a big Tori Amos fan and, um, that was one of the f- first couple of concerts I ever went to was to see her. And I've seen Ani DeFranco several times and I still appreciate and enjoy both of those artists, but I don't really listen to them anymore.
0: Yeah. Anne?
1: Not really. I tend to go more for songs than for artists. So I'll find a song that I like and typically I don't go off of that song.
0: There's you don't have a song where like what was I thinking when I played that 10 million times when I was 18.
1: Well, I mean, you know, my my very first cassette tape of uh Europe the Final Countdown, <laughs> I, I have some some what was I thinking
0: <laughs> moments related we to gotta that. We got to get you a player for that. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I have a tape deck in my car. Oh, nice. Wow. Vintage. Mm-hmm. I
2: went through a regrettable pop punk slash ska phase when I was in middle school. Sure. <laughs> but I'm ashamed of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh my, my older brother was into metal, so there were you know, there's some music from my past which you know it it still brings up some feelings and some emotions, you know, some metal some of these metal bands like Crocus and Angel City. Um, it's, it's virtually unlistenable now to me, but back then, oh, man, <laughs> that was the shit. That was all I listened to for a while. <clears throat> um, Stubot is at the fair, sends his report from the fair where he's smelling like onion rings and handing out, <laughs> as we talked about, some swag. Oh my God. I can't wait to go. The Minnesota State Fair is awesome. So do you, um, do you try to time it for some good weather? Or what's your what's your fair going
1: strategy? Mm, no, it's mostly based on what my schedule is. I wish I could have gone on Friday. It was great weather, mm-hmm. but you know, whenever whenever my schedule allows it, I'll go. Sometimes three or four what's times in a year. What,
0: what's your uh, what do you like to do there? Food, just food.
1: It's it's the food, man. Oh God, yes.
0: Yeah, I like to check out animals when I go to the fair.
1: It's so stinky. I like it.
0: <laughs> I eat like a bird now, so what am I gonna do? I I can eat one one deep fried bullshit thing and then I'm done for the day. I gotta go gotta find something else to do.
1: <laughs> I like to go into the horse coliseum. They do free shows and Mm -hmm. i never know what it's going to be so i just wander in there it's air conditioned when it's hot right just go in and i've seen all kinds of cool things i've seen um sheep herding dog trials and like um those precision riding teams Mm -hmm. and wagon races it's you know it's like the olympic stuff it's i don't give a crap about it the rest of the year but it's really fun to watch one time Mm -hmm.
2: the first time i went to the texas state fair which is in october which is it's Still pretty hot. So I'll usually wait until the end when it's cooled off a bit. The first time we went, I was so excited about all the deep fried food I ate about every one that I could find. And I felt like I was going to die. I had grease sweats like I've never had in my life. Went home and just like laid in bed and like, what did I do? (laughs) So terrible. And last time we went, we did almost the same thing. And then we went on rides.
0: Oh, this is so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. This, these sound like real rookie mistakes. I know.
1: Yeah, the, the whole key to fair eating is that you got to go in a group. Oh, right. That way you order one of something and you split it up and you just have a bite or two and then you're on to mm-hmm. the next place.
2: We're going again this year, so I'll try that. That's a better idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to need to report on this year. You need to have a better strategy going yeah. in. Uh, Andrew wants to go to PRPD again. Um Luke doesn't do credentials. This is so typical Luke. They give him his credentials. <laughs> and he just, or he doesn't even go to the table. It sounded like he uh-huh. just goes to the conference. I don't know why I let these things bother me, but when you go to the people
2: concert- can get, I mean, <laughs> if you act like you belong there, no one's going to oh, question no. you. Yeah. That works in so many situations and he makes it work for him all the time.
0: <laughs> it, it does, uh-huh. but all, um, almost all the ones that I've been to, you know, over the years have been, um, have been conventions or meetings where there is some proprietary information that's going to be disclosed, you know? I mean, it's going to get out obviously, but Mm -hmm. like what's the marketing plan for the next two years or whatever? This is going to be discussed. uh, This is a national company and you better have your credentials out, you know? I mean, even if everybody knows who you are or whatever, just play along, put the shit on. I mean, everyone Mm -hmm. hates lanyards.
2: Yeah, the ones I've gone to, it's, I mostly wear them because you can't get free food without them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they won't let you in the cafeteria right, without true. your ID. That,
0: that's where they check them. The that's where they check them the hardest. When you get dismissed mm-hmm. and you're going to the catering thing, and there's those people standing there going, uh, "I'm going to have to," before you get any hold yeah. of any of these cream puffs, or you're going right. to have to show me some.
1: I think it's just galling for those of us who um, put the time and the effort into following the rules. Mm-hmm. And making sure that we have our shit together then to see someone come in with a cavalier attitude and just charm the way through it. It is aggravating. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: I say if if the conference is well underway um, and you take whatever, whatever uh, IDs are still sitting out on the table, you take those up to the front and you call those people out and make them walk up and get their IDs. <laughs> That's what I say you do to them. Make publicly them, shame them. Make them pay. Yeah, yeah, lanyard shaming is, is what I'm into.
1: So then Andrew can be there. Andrew can lurk. And when they call it a name, he can go and get that
0: badge. Sure, sure. Yeah, they call uh, Mary Smith and he's like, jumps up there. <laughs> That's me. Yep, got it. Thank you for the ID. I'm in the blue group. Um, the top story, man bang. <laughs> uh, is there no one in North Korea that thinks anything through? Just even... One, do they think anything through at all? Like to any degree, man bang, really?
2: Well, and Kim Jong-un was, or ill or whoever it is now, he was educated in the in an English-speaking boarding school. Yeah. yeah. How does he not know? It's because it's mon bong. <laughs> right. Totally mon different. Manbang, right. Just write it out on a piece of paper, see what it looks like, <laughs> then make your decision.
0: Yeah. So Netflix for North Korea, I can only imagine the... Um, what you what you have to browse there? Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't imagine you get lost for very long, like like I do. Like when I start browsing Netflix, and it just it turns into I have a I had a a forty five minute window to watch TV, and instead it was a forty five minute window of browsing Netflix and not actually <laughs> watching anything. You could probably get three good um, propaganda videos in in that time, I think. <laughs> So what do you do you think there's going to be any viewership I mean um this is only available online right and they nobody has computers right or
2: yeah
1: or the internet <laughs> right I think some of them have computers I think I saw a frontline documentary where they went in and and they were as they talked about smuggling content into North Korea for people to watch and there are some um computers and things some phones maybe but I don't. There's also a lot of really poor people.
0: Yeah. Well, now if you have a computer, if you have internet access, uh, and you're in North Korea, you can monbong and chill. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, email from a lady with a. I think it was a gay dad. She was missing the meaningful rainbow mug, and it's has a, the mystery. Has the mystery been solved? Have they? I mean,
2: I don't know if she has chimed in Mm -hmm. because several people have found mugs,
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: but
2: we don't know if it's I don't think at this point we know if it's the same exact mug. Mm Well,
1: how many rainbow mugs could there be?
0: Mm. Well, (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. And and Andrew is trying to name the investigation mug she wrote. And it uh, it didn't go over well with Luke and it did. I didn't quite get it either. Mm -mm. He 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 explained it and it made sense, but. It's, not-
2: I have some bet that got me thinking about mug show puns, like 80s shows with mug in the title. Uh-huh. And I came up with a couple, and my favorite one was My Two Mugs, because I think that fits pretty well with this situation. Or you could do the mug boat, Saved by the Mug, Perfect mugs. or Mug and Mindy. Uh, mug Gammy mm-hmm. Vice, not <laughs> oh, great. Oh, God.
0: I've-
2: mug Street Blues.
0: I might have the blues if I live on Mug Street. the point Street. of
2: this. The Golden Mugs.
0: <laughs> Well, if you start thinking about mugs as faces, then it gets, yeah, you can get even weirder with yeah. it. the Brady mugs because there's like <laughs> nine of them or whatever. right? Whoa. Eight of them. I don't know. Uh, boy, that's all I have for Friday. We're out with a bang on that one. A man bang. Mom, bong. Uh, <laughs>
1: all right. Let's go to housekeeping and some ways to help us out of some jams. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for your contributions to the jam funds. We will, uh, ensure that it is used wisely. I hope. Uh, but if you would like to add to the jam stockpile, um, there is a donate button on our website. If you, if you care to click on it, uh, otherwise you can also use our Amazon portal to do all your Amazon shopping needs and, uh, get a couple of pennies kicked back our way. Uh, additionally, there are still stickers. If you don't have your stickers yet, you can do that. Archive update. Um, Christy is still dreaming, or perhaps she has let the dream go of being current by September 1st. And since that's only like three days away, uh, we'll have to set a new goal. And we're going to get this thing finished, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And finally, the CSM picnic is coming up this Wednesday. Is that right? It's Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. And hope that all the Seattle area tens can event uh, attend. And Tiere has a Facebook event, so if you want to connect with people over that, check it
0: out. And bring whatever the hell you want, or don't bring anything because there is going to be plenty of stuff. Or bring ice, or just don't worry about it. Just come.
1: Bring your sparkling personality. Yeah, just flout the rules like
2: Luke does. Yep. <laughs>
1: If you want to get involved with our show, you can go to
2: littleredbandwagon.com. You can visit us on Facebook, our page, or the Sten's page. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can always send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And if you haven't gone and listened to the latest Nerd Out Loud, you definitely should because Christy and Jeremy talk more about the wedding recap.
0: Nice. It's a good episode. Um I think mm-hmm. that's all we have for today so i guess uh until next time um this is the next party we love you jen nailed it Mon bong. <laughs>